So I did start listening, finally listened to the new Alba album. I think it came out in like November. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And technically, most of the songs are good. But also, like one of them, I'm pretty sure is literally about seeing a bumblebee. Like the bumblebee, <laughs> I don't think it's a metaphor. I think it's just about a bumblebee. <laughs> Bees! Beans? There's also one where it's like, it's, it's about realizing that you married the wrong person and you have to leave. But the crux of the song is, the dog is looking at you funny. <laughs> and I understand what the dog is trying to infer to me. <laughs> that sounds like some Power Rangers Wild Force ass shit. But it's, also, it's a very slow ballad. And it's like, so I'm spending the, the, fir- the first like 45 seconds. Is, is this a kid? Or is this a, a pet? Is this a kid? Or is, the, or is, is it a cat? Is it a Okay, it's a pet. And then like half an hour, or not half an hour, a minute and a half in. Okay, it's a dog specifically. Keep an eye on Dan. Keep an eye on Dan is actually not that bad. It sounds like a villain song. No, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what the name of the song is so I can look up the lyrics. <laughs> oh, I think it's Not That Woman or something like that. The album is Voyage. I Can Be That Woman? Yes, I Can Be That Woman. Like, I, I'm not the woman that I could have been, but now I can be that woman. Because uh, we're yeah. getting a divorce. <laughs> yeah. The, in my opinion, the best song off the album is Just a Notion. Gotcha. Yeah, and I Can Be That Woman by ABBA, they really, or ABBA, they really wait four lines into the song to tell you that this is a dog. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first line is, you're asleep on the couch with Tammy. <laughs> and then they, they don't even tell you that this is a dog until the second verse. Oh, I did just, I looked up the rest of the lyrics for Bumblebee, and it's not just about bees. It is actually about colony collapse. Oh? Yeah. A world without him, I dread to think what that would be, and I imagine my distress, it would be a new kind of loneliness. It's quite absurd this summer morning to think we could be trapped inside a world where all is changing too fast for bumblebees to adapt. Oh, God. See, <laughs> Abbasus saved the bees. Good. Well, yes, because half of them are bees. Because what? Cause, cause half of them are bees. Cause they're a b b a. <laughs> you know, you know that it's an it's it's a it's a it's a. Tanner. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's it's a good one. What is it? What is it with the letters? So it, I forgot what it's called. It's not an anagram. Acronym. Acronym. It's an acronym for their names. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> it just took me a second. Akneta, Bjorn, Benny, and Anafrid. Gotcha. They're very Swedish. Yes. I'm gonna have to stick Anna Fred in the back of my mind as a as a full name to use as a joke with Annie. <laughs> Anna Fred. Nice. Is Annie Swedish? I don't think so. Is anyone Swedish or was Sweden invented by the Muppets? No, Sweden is a real place. I just we just don't know anybody I think who is actually from Sweden. I think the closest we get is Elliot, who is from Denmark, I think, right? Or the Netherlands? I, I don't remember. I, I do not know. Do this, not this, the Swedish things I know are the Swedish chef, ABBA, and then... Ikea. That scene in Trading Places where Jamie Lee Curtis's character is in disguise and she walks into the trade. She's like, hello, I'm Inga from Sweden. <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen Trading Places. Or Trading Spaces. No, Trading Places. Trading Spaces was the show where they oh, the yeah. oh, yeah. renovated each other's houses. Oh, Yeah. I remember there was a kid spinoff of that called Trading Spaces, Boys vs. Girls, and I'm sure it yes. went just about as well as you think it would. Probably. No, yeah, tra- Trading Places is the one where Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy uh, are, are switch. They don't Freaky Friday, but Eddie Murphy is like elevated to from ho- a con man to a high stockbroker, 
and Dan Aykroyd has his life destroyed because it's two guys and they have this scheme where it's like a man born into wealth could never succeed if he was had that taken away from him. And the other one's like, uh, no, anyone can succeed if given the right opportunities. And money. Exactly. Yeah, that's what he means. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 in practice, it was we're going to ruin this guy's life, and then we're ruin the, this other guy's life once we finished our bet, and it's all over one dollar. And and then they they team up and they manage to ruin the two old men instead using a stock broker stock market laws and frozen orange juice. And apparently, the uh, what they did in the movie was so powerful that they actually had to revise the laws that regarded stock market trading in real life. What a trip. <laughs> also, it's the movie where you get to see Jamie Lee Curtis's breasts. Okay. Yeah. She didn't show her tits till she went legits. <laughs> Too legit to tit. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's talk about Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff this show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Welcome to Loser Like Me, a podcast that is not for little wussies who scream. Ah! <laughs> I'm Tanner, and I don't like Glee episodes, but I like New York. <laughs> we are, in fact, in New York. Did you know we're in New York? No, I didn't know that we were in New York. I only saw it in every single establishing shot of this And episode. every song. What's your name, Tanner? Wait, no, I said your name. <laughs> Did you figured it out. They have been named. You solved my name puzzle. What's your name, Christina? My name is Christina, and can't you hear the city calling for you? No. Yeah, I'm too far away to hear it. It's gotta call me long distance. My city screams. <laughs> this city is my city, and I love it. Yes, I love it. I was born and raised here. I got it made here. And if I had my way, I'm gonna stay here. Are the song lyrics? Because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's a Patrick Stump song. It's not a Fall Out Boy song, it's just Patrick Stump. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Tony, don't sweat it. Okay, okay. I gotcha, I gotcha. We're off to a rollicking good start here. Hey, we're watching the episode New York. <laughs> it's the season finale of season two of Season Glee. Uh, it was <laughs> directed by Brad and written by Brad and released on Brad. May 24th, 2011. <laughs> yes. Which means it was probably filmed in March, which ex uh, explains all the beautiful, highly overcast shots of the city. Actually, it was shot in April because I did a lot of research on background for this episode. And actually, YouTube had a, like, not a full length, but like an eight, nine minute long video on the making of this episode of Glee. So I have a lot of trivia to sprinkle in. 
a feature-length documentary about one episode of Glee because it was so haphazardly put together. I mean, compared to the usual Behind the Glee shorts they put out, which were like maybe a minute and a half to two minutes long, this is a feature-length trailer. Feature. Whatever. (laughs) Claims to be shot in April. Does not have an appearance by Kristen Chenoweth. (laughs) Yeah... We should get started and talk about this episode because it's going to take us a while, I think. (laughs) Okay, so the episode begins. It's New York. We're in New York. We're in New York. It's New York and they're in New York for the episode New York and they're in New York and the Rhapsody in Blue is playing from Fantasia 2000. The better Fantasia movie fight me on this. (laughs) Uh, We know that they're in New York because we get a kind of scenic rotating pan down shot over all of the billboards in Times Square. We see billboards for Mamma Mia, Chicago, The Addams Family, Wicked, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, Phantom of the Opera, Rain, The Beatles Feature, Rock of Ages, Catch Me If You Can, Jersey Boys, and How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, which at the time was starring Daniel Radcliffe. You're gonna notice throughout this entire episode that everyone's nipples are incredibly hard for New York. (laughs) Yeah. And we continue that because we end this panning shot on Rachel in front of the tickets stairs, which is abbreviated TKTS because I guess they established this feature when vowels weren't cool. (laughs) And this is like the stairs where you can go to, I, I think it's actually like kind of like the vending place, I guess, for like tickets where you don't want to actually have to go to the where you actually don't want to have to go to the, the source to buy the ticket. It's just a vending machine. It's, it's not a vending machine, but it's like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not from New York. <laughs> Ima- imagine you go up to this vending machine that's just full of tickets and you like punch in the number and then you feed it like $300 bills. <laughs> Stay tuned for about five seconds from now, listeners. <laughs> oh, okay, so Rachel's here. Mm-hmm. She's in New York. Because mm-hmm. it's New York. And she's like, I made it! Like, yes, honey, you did. You're in New York for three days. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So then we cut over to the other kids. They're sitting on the Mm -hmm. stairs. Tina wants to frolic in Central Park. Puck wants to throw things off of Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. And I want to note here that everybody is, like, the Glee kids are assembled on the ticket stairs. And they're all eating lunch out of giant white cake boxes. (laughs) And I have to assume they were just like, okay, uh, we forgot to bring the props. Someone go grab stuff from Crafty. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah. And all this is to say that Finn is like, but guys, we still have two songs left to write. And he's only saying that because Will isn't there. Where is William? (laughs) Guys, we didn't write two hit songs by the time we touched down at JFK. I'm trying to be a leader. Yeah. And Kurt says, shut the fuck up, Finn. We gotta sing a quick rendition of Start Spreading the News. Yeah. And Finn has a little smile. He's like, okay, yeah. And it's very fun. They sing New York, New York. And it's kind of off-key. But it's the same kind of vibes. Just ride with me. And I love it. Because it's just like, look, the kids are in New York City. And they're just having a good time for at least this five minutes. (laughs) Uh, and then Rachel comes up and then she says, shut the fuck up, Glee Club. In honor of us being in New York, I have got us all tickets to go see Cats. Yes. And then Quinn points out the Cats closed 11 years ago. I have two notes here. One is, Quinn, how do you know this? She's a Closet Cats fan. <laughs> Apparently. And my other note here is, 
I, I think Rachel called it the Cats, the longest running show on Broadway. And it's like, no, Phantom of the Opera is the longest running show on Broadway. And also, whoever in the writer's room wrote this part is clearly a fake theater nerd who couldn't be half-assed to Google whether Cats was still going. I know it's for the bit, but... Or Rachel's a fake theater nerd. This is possible. <laughs> yeah, so Quinn points it out and Rachel's like, oh dang, that explains why the guy I bought them from had me swipe my credit card through his butt crack. Which is like, Rachel, you should have picked up on... The... There's so many red flags there. Yep, there's no flags of any other color. Like, you're an idiot, but you're not stupid. Come on. Yeah. Also, also, what kind of con man doesn't try and get money? He should have had her pay in cash. Uh, he could have... Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to try to justify what the Glee writers thought would be funny. It's a coward move to not rob Rachel for everything she owns. <laughs> yeah. Rachel should have been mugged in this episode. Make Rachel a victim of credit card fraud. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, so then we cut to the hotel, and Will is booking two rooms, or three rooms? I don't know. I don't know if he's bunking with the boys or not. Only two rooms at the Intercontinental in New York. This is a hotel, and Google is telling me that, actually, let me, I can Google approximate costs for when they were filming. And it looks like prices for hotel rooms there are about $300 per night. Apparently they only had enough money to get two rooms to put six girls and 13 boys in no, two hang rooms. No, that's wrong math. <laughs> six girls and seven boys. There we go. In two rooms. And I guess Will is going to be sleeping on a chair outside of the, outside of the hotel no, it's, rooms. It's seven girls and six boys. Ah. No, wait. Yeah. No, Kurt came back. Yeah, but Matt left. Oh, uh, And no, the girls left, but yeah. Lauren joined. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. Seven girls and 13. <laughs> and order of Xehanorts! <laughs> well, hey, listen, the math's about to get worse, because uh, the, the receptionist asks if Will is here for the choir competition, and mm -hmm. he's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, most other clubs split the kids by sexual orientation. And hey... <laughs> How does that work? That that doesn't work. If if your concerns are kids sleeping together, then if you put all the lesbians in one room and all the gays in one room, yeah, yeah, you can't you you can't you can't wolf goat cabbage your way through that. No, no. You, well, I guess you could, but you need a third room. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. You need the room for straight girls, the room for straight boys, and the room for uh, other everyone else. And you better hope no one in there is bisexual. Mm hmm. And also, ju judging by things I heard about a band camp, the, the, the boys in the straight room, they may not be as straight as they were when they entered it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where I want to I wanna interject with, with what I'm calling for this episode. When I went to New York... <laughs> One time at Glee Camp. <laughs> I've actually been to New York twice, but the time that I'm referring to here is uh, when I went there uh, senior year of high school. We had our big annual choir, like our, our competitive festival was held in New York. And it was great. Well, most of it was great. So when my choir from Midwest, USA, from a public high school, went to New York City, we stayed in New Jersey for our hotel. And we just bust into the city every day because it was cheaper than getting a hotel in the city. That makes a lot of sense. And because my choir directors had forethought 
and planning, we ended up being uh, four students to a room uh, divided by gender. So we we didn't have to be crammed in on pull-out mattresses and sleeping in chairs. <laughs> anyway, Finn and Rachel talking while Quinn glares at them from the background. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, but before that... Um, it's, I think Mercedes, Tina, and Lauren walking in. Oh, no, not it's Mercedes and Tina and, and someone Quinn. else. Oh, right, it is Quinn. They're walking in, and Mercedes says, Did you know that New York City is built on top of Old York City? And Tina says, I'm pretty sure that's not true. And, Qu- and Mercedes just goes like, Oh, I'm just pretty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's true. I'm pretty sh- Actually, no, I think, isn't it that New York was... Well, because the Old York is the York in England, isn't it? Yes, I think that's correct. That's why there's all these new places in America, because it's like, not if I beat you first, English cities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, New Orleans is called that because it's based, it was established by, or at least the city as we know it conventionally was established by French traders, um, presumably who are from uh, Orléans in France. And Newfoundland is because they found the land, and it was new. <laughs> this has been geography with loser like me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the Quinn then cuts a glare at Finn and Rachel. It's very it's very much so jealous ex-girlfriend meme. <laughs> I got a screech I just put in chat. Oh, oh, it really is. And it's so <laughs> slick to the camera work because she like the camera never focuses on her, but if you're watching her, you can see her like spot them out of the corner of her eye and then turn to give them the evil eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Finn is like, Quinn has been taking the breakup really well. And Rachel goes, that's great. I guess I was wrong about her being a vindictive harpy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, honey, you ain't seen the last of that yet. Well, no, I think she has. <laughs> Rachel personally has. Ah, uh, yeah. And Finn's like, what's the deal with you and Jesse? And Rachel's like, I don't know. I just want to focus on my career right now. And I'm like, girl, you're 17. Yeah, she is Rachel Berry. Is she 17 or she's 16? Did she, she had her sweet 16, right? I think she's 17 by this point, because next year is senior year. So if she isn't 17... I was 17 in my senior year. Okay. She's a junior. Yeah. But didn't she have her sweet 16 this year? Did we have an episode on Rachel's birthday? I yes, it was remember. the drunk episode. I thought that was just... I thought the drinking episode was just because she was trying to get pathos. Okay, no, I, yeah, you're right. I was mistaken. I, I was assuming that it was her birthday, but I think it was just a throwaway line that the dress she was wearing was from her six, sweet 16. So, okay, she can be 17 now. Mm-hmm. Her birthday is apparently December 18th, 1994. Okay, so you see, she has a late birthday, so she easily could have been 17 when she graduated, too, because my birthday is in November. Oh, uh, yeah, so she would have been 16 at the time. Aha, uh-huh, so see, you're 16, so you don't have a career. No. That's <laughs> what so I'm trying to get at. I'm probably going to be yelling this a few more times. Yeah, yeah. And Rachel is like, I've decided that no boys, no distractions until we win that trophy. It's like, okay. And then we get to cut to a, to a slightly more delightful scene, which is Puck and Lauren trying to order Manhattans from the hotel bar. Yeah. <laughs> and the bartender is like, do you even know what's in a Manhattan? And Puck is like, yeah, me, for the first time. And I want to celebrate with a cocktail. And Lauren is giving like a, how dare you not give this man a cocktail? <laughs> Do you know who this is? <laughs> and then Will comes over when he sees them trying to underage drink at the competition. <laughs> and is like, we're having a meeting in the in the hotel room in five minutes, go. And so then we cut to the hotel room and Kurt is talking about how he can get like 
ahi tuna tartare at 3am from room service he feels like Eloise and Brittany just says yeah I have a pill for that <laughs> I believe Brittany has the power to become Eloise and just do like the manic like hello I am here and I'm going to control this hotel by the force of my will alone and then Will says anyways here's your rhyming dictionaries write some god dang music I'm leaving you goodbye he says y'all are grounded until you write music I have to go abandon my kids mm. And and Rachel's like, hmm. He's like, I have to go fill out paperwork. And Rachel's like, you're coming back, right? I'm just going out for smokes. <laughs> yeah. He advances his kids to Broadway. <laughs> Man, this has been a year of bad father figures, hasn't it? Yeah. Except Bert, Bert Hummel is best father figure. And Paul Karofsky is pretty good, too. Here's, yes. here's the thing. I was actually, when I talk about bad father figures, I'm talking about Will and Doggy Kruger from SPD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I went to New York, we were grouped by hotel room and we had chaperones. So there were either eight to 12 kids per one chaperone, chaperone to match the gender of the students involved. And we were not allowed to go anywhere without our chaperones. We were only unsupervised overnight in the hotel rooms and like you know the chaperones were rooming together close by and yep. so basically this is child endangerment and there should be at least one more chaperone on this trip <laughs> will is endangering the children <laughs> he needs to lose his teaching license yes for ma- many reasons <laughs> yes for many reasons including this one <laughs> but yeah we cut to will to getting out of the taxi and is like ah broadway and then we immediately cut back to the kids who are mm-hmm. singing what is technically a song mm-hmm. it's Artie and Brittany. They're singing a song called My Cup. It's a song about a cup. Yes. Should I make a terrible, obvious joke? Go for it. Two gleeks, one cup. I'm gonna be honest here. I have never understood that reference, and I do not want to understand that reference. Good, we'll leave it at that then. (laughs) And it's... Everyone is sitting there kind of like, are you you fucking kidding me right now? Um, (laughs) Except for Santana, who is giggling in the background. Apparently there were two entire verses that they cut from this episode, and it was released as a single on iTunes for some godforsaken reason. Unlike my headband, which is a crime. Yes. This is a slight order of magnitude better than my headband. It sounds like it's supposed to be an ad, like like an ad jingle. <laughs> Sell it to Dixie. Also, of course Santana likes it because she's a certified moron sexual. Mm-hmm. That is true. Brittany asks her what color the pink panther is, and she immediately starts taking her clothes off. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so quinn declares the song fucking sucks they need to uh to absorb the the aura of new york they need mm-hmm. to see the sights and then we don't need to write songs for nationals new york's gonna write them for us because they're in new york mm-hmm. and <laughs> this is the part where rachel and finn put up a token protest against breaking out of being grounded and exploring the city on their own without a responsible adult among them. (laughs) And Lauren is like, can't you hear the city calling for you? And I really want her to go like, like, can't you hear the city calling for you? Finn. Finn. (laughs) Finn a thing. Finjamin. (laughs) But they didn't do that because they don't respect Ashley Fink and they never have and they never will. Yes, truly. But then... (laughs) But then when when Rachel is like, I guess I can be persuaded, and Quinn gives Finn a, like a, come on, let's be rebellious eyebrow, we then cut, cut to the second musical 
Well, the first musical performance of the episode. The first real musical number. Yes. Uh, it's it's a mashup of New York by New Don. No, Udon is from Power Rangers. It's a mashup of New York <laughs> from Madonna and New York, New York from the cast of On the Town, which means the song is called "I Love New York, New York, New York." And Finn mm-hmm. gets out of a cab and he, he and he's like, you know what? I don't like cities, but I like New York. Mm-hmm. This whole musical number is just a big montage of establishing shots of things in New York City. We see the girls hanging out at the ticket stairs again. We see the hot dog stands in, uh, I think it was Washington Square Park. They run around a big fountain at Lincoln Park? Lincoln Central? Lincoln Center. Yeah, yeah. uh, At the Lincoln Center. Uh, And they run around Central Park in a couple of different locations. There's a part where uh, Santana tries to flirt with a cop. Honey, no! (laughs) And this is the part where she's singing, there's just one thing that's important in Manhattan. I'm like, Santana, you're a minor. But she does also get the lyric about how Manhattan women are dressed in silk and satin. That's true. Um, there's a really cute scene where they're running in Central Park and they just kind of all peel in holding balloons and bouquets of flowers like they're in Enchanted. <laughs> While they're kind of escorted by a mounted cop in the background. And... There's a whole thing where, I guess it's like the breakdown in the third, like after like the second or third verse, where the girls get to do what I called a boss ass bitch walk down the ticket stairs. (laughs) And at one point, Puck just skates by on a skateboard. (laughs) Nobody is amused by these teenagers, but they're having fun. Yeah, they're having a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's at some so point, am I. Uh, in the same scene where Puck is skateboarding, I think Finn's or Cor- probably Corey's attempts at dancing just kind of turn into skanking. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Also, I I extremely love this song. For the longest time, uh-huh. I thought it was like predominantly the Madonna song, and then the New York, New York part was just the "It's a Wonderful Town, New York, New York" sections in the chorus. And then I actually listened to each song individually, like sometime last year. And I realized how, like, expertly the New York, New York lyrics are woven in between the Madonna lyrics. And that mm-hmm. the breakdown mm-hmm. is all from New York, New York. It's not part of the Madonna song, but it fits so well. Mm-hmm. It is a chef's, chef's kiss mashup. It is very, very good. So I have trivia about this musical number. <laughs> okay. So in the making of video, they mentioned a couple of different times that, like, They had just, like, droves of fans that came to New York to observe the filming. Like, fans were following around the cast and crew, like paparazzi, uh, when they weren't filming. And there were a couple of different shots. I think it was mostly the ones in Times Square and Central Park, where they literally just had, like, they had hundreds, if not, like, thousands of people who were gathered to watch them film behind those like metal concert crowd fences <laughs> and apparently the fans were aside from like following the cast and crew around pretty chill and it would at least be quiet while they were filming <laughs> allegedly you can see people filming the cast during the musical number itself but i wasn't paying that much attention and also apparently mark selling just bought the skateboard that puck was riding on craigslist that day and was like Riding it around the set to amp up the fans. <laughs> so basically it was a very chaotic production shot, it sounds like. <laughs> and it's very fun. It's very fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a real quality, top-notch, top-notch song. Mm-hmm. 
so now that they've been uh, suitably New Yorkified, if you stay New Yorkified, you don't have to get New Yorkified. <laughs> Finn and the other boys. Oh, okay. Finn and the heterosexual boys. Okay. Finn and Puck and Mike. Finn and the Hets and Sam. <laughs> Finn and the Justin Bieber experience. <laughs> there we go. They have uh, returned to their room, and Finn is like, guys. I think that I should sing a duet with Rachel. Groundbreaking. <laughs> and then Puck's like, finally, you're fucking incompetent when you're not with Rachel. Please just, like, bed her already. Uh, you're in the city of love, dude. And Sam with a mouthful <laughs> of chips. I thought that was Paris. <laughs> Sam, I love you. <laughs> and Mike is like, look, we just want to win. And Puck yeah. is like, we're in the city of love. You should take Rachel out on one of those giant sappy dates from the romance movies that we hate and girls love <laughs> yeah and so finn's like that's a great idea thanks for supporting me bros mm-hmm. oh i just did you see that tweet it was making the rounds yesterday it was a screen cap of an uh, all male group chat <laughs> with the dick yeah it's it's all yeah. it's not a dick pic but it's their responses to a guy showing them his dick pic that he's gonna send to a girl that she did request and he's like is this good does it look good like yeah man it looks great are the balls this well dude the balls are the best part <laughs> yeah that's what the scene feels like yeah yeah no no brain cells just support <laughs> this is what's the opposite of toxic masculinity this is positive this is what boys will be boys means Yes, yes. It's like, it's that video of the boys playing Skip It, but they're all like jumping, pl- playing Skip It with a human, bo- with a human person. And this. Do you think these boys ever crowd into a single bathroom stall to sing the Halo theme? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Pillow Fight in the girls' room. Uh, and Kurt. <laughs> yes. It's nice to know that Kurt finally gets to be included. Yes. I, I think it's not that the girls were ever excluding him. It's more that Will was excluding Kurt. <laughs> the kids have excluded Will, and now Kurt gets to be with the people he likes. Well, he likes everyone, but you know what I mean. There you go. And they're they're jumping on the bed. They're having a pillow fight. They break the pillows open. There's feathers everywhere. Rachel is trying to write. She is career focused. Quinn clubs her over the head. <laughs> running <laughs> off screaming. <laughs> and I have to assume that was improv. <laughs> she is so career focused this episode, she should have gone out and bought like an 80s power suit with the shoulder pads. <laughs> Probably. Finn texts Rachel, it's not a dick pic, but it is just like, hey, do you want to meet me on the bridge? Uh, just nice. And Rachel's like, ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And he, he specifically says it's the Bow Bridge in Central Park, which is the one that overlooks a big fountain. It's very pretty. And also, when I went to New York, if two kids decided to just leave the group and go on a date, they would have gotten their asses beat. <laughs> My choir director, absolutely not for corporal punishment, she would have whooped them soundly. <laughs> they would have been ushers instead of performing in the choir performance. <laughs> we go back to Will Schuster getting onto the stage at the theater where they're doing Crossroads, and he decides that he's going to sing a song called Still Got Tonight. Who's the song written by? So the thing is... The thing is, here's the thing. My my note here was, this sounds like a Christian pop anthem. And <laughs> and this song was originally performed by Matthew Morrison because it's the second single off of his solo album and he was really trying to make it as an independent musical artist oh, outside honey. of Glee. So the reason why it sounds like a Christian pop anthem is because this song was written 
by Chris Allen, Andrew Frampton, and Steve Kipner. Chris Allen may sound familiar to some of you because he was on season eight of American Idol, the one that Adam Lambert won. Uh, and Chris Allen is also a Christian musician. Like he does Jesus rock. Rock me, rock me, rock me, sexy Jesus. But yeah, so that's why it sounds like this. And I just tuned right out of this whole entire musical number because it was so bland and unnecessary. Yeah. This whole subplot. Yeah. <laughs> gonna bring back a term I used earlier this season. It's a useless plot cul-de-sac. It establishes nothing. Mm-hmm. So a security guard shows up and he's like, what are you doing? And Bo's like, I was just trying out the set because I'm gonna be in the show when it starts. And the guy's like, kid, you got talent. And I'm like, he's not. You don't call him kid. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of like, yes, we're going to affirm this person who has been on Broadway already in his musical talent. <laughs> like, you didn't need to bump up his ego that much. Don't worry, you're Will. You're a very special boy. <laughs> Is he? He's Ryan Murphy's special boy. No, I thought that was Kurt. You're right. I think, I actually, yeah, I think Will is Brad Falchuk's special boy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, so Rachel arrives on the bridge and meets Finn there, and Finn's in a nice suit, and Rachel's in a nice dress. As someone to watch over me is playing in the background. <laughs> someone to watch over me, the Ella Fitzgerald classic, is being performed, and I'm like, okay, does it mean that Rachel is watching over Finn, or does that mean that Finn is watching over Rachel? Yes. Or maybe it's about Patty Lapone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally, Finn is watching over Rachel because he is taller than her. Yes. <laughs> and he's got flowers, and wow, they were not being subtle. And she's like, oh, well, why did you ask me here? And he's like, well, it's for a work date. It's totally professional. And she's like, okay. And I'm assuming he said that because earlier in this episode, you know, like, six hours ago in the context of this episode, she was like, no boys until after, until after nationals. And he's like, okay, well then we'll call this a work date. I almost forgot to mention, um, behind the scenes making of, Leah took a picture of Corey with the flowers while they were filming. And she said, I'll tell my kids, this is when Finn and Rachel got back together. Yes. I mean, cause it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But I just put a little sad face next to that in my notes. Aw. So they go to Sardi's. Which is a, I guess, a fancy New York restaurant with all the famous yeah. people. Rachel's like, I hope they put a cartoon likeness of me on the walls one day. Yeah, the the whole thing of Sardi's is that I think it's Italian food, but the big thing is that they have the walls that are decorated with caricatures of a lot of like famous actors and stuff. And let me see if the Glee cast has ever made it onto the wall, Sardi's. I thought it was a seafood place. Uh. It's caricatures of people who have eaten at Sardi's. <laughs> this says that it's a... What type of food is it even? I should have Googled this beforehand. I think it's one that specifically caters to theater, given the fact that their website has a menu specifically mentioned for pre-theater and post-theater suppers. <laughs> oh boy. It looks like it's just honestly a lot of like... It's just a lot of, like, fine dining food. It doesn't seem to be particularly seafood or particularly, okay. like, American food or anything. I mean, my joke was because sardine sounds like sardine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't catch that, but it's funny. That's okay. I didn't catch it the first time. <laughs> Anyways, Yellow Diamond is here, and her hair looks terrible. I'm sorry, Patty. <laughs> I don't know who style Patty LaPone, but I, I'm not living for this hairstyle. 
Yeah. I forgot that she was Yellow Diamond until you just said that. <laughs> She's down for anything, isn't she? She will truly <laughs> do whatever reason. she wants. Yes, yes. Anyways, Rachel's like, I'm sorry, Miss Lupone, I just stand you so hard. And Patty Lupone is like, okay, random child. Uh, you seem delightful, so I'm going to give you my blessing so long as you promise to never give up. Also, your boy toy is cute. Yeah, and I, I it, was, it was very cute. Because, like, Rachel is up talking to Patty Lupone, her idol, and Finn is just sitting down. Probably because he would be taller than both of them. <laughs> he already comes up to her shoulders. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're in town for our show choir competition. We're in high school. And she's like, believe in yourself. And Rachel's like... <gasps> she also says good luck to them both, which is probably why they lost. Oh, no. <laughs> so many people keep telling the club good luck this season and it's just uh-huh, doing them uh-huh. no favors <laughs> they need to be more superstitious <laughs> exactly i don't know if it's every showing or just opening night but for considering Shokar is it's always opening night especially because they never practice the songs beforehand yeah yeah but yeah so they finish their dinner and they're walking through the night and rachel's like all we need now is a group of street singers to, to serenade us and tonight would be perfect <laughs> And then... Cue the Justin Bieber experience! (laughs) They show up in the background, but Finn and Rachel never react to them. So I don't know if they're real. I'm choosing to believe that they were real and they just wanted to wingman for Finn. They keep singing even after Rachel tells Finn that she's going to focus on her career. Yeah. And also, um, Puck is here with an accordion? (laughs) Oh yeah, that too. Because they step out and they're singing Bella Note from Lady and the Tramp. Uh, and also, yeah. when 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 Mark Selling sings Bella Note, it's giving me huge Inglorious Bastards Italian vibes. Ah, uh, yeah. Bonjarno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Finn and Rachel, they talk a little bit, and she's like, oh, like, I think Rachel says something to the effect of like, oh, I wish this was a date. And Finn is like, did you really think that this was a work date? <laughs> and... They go in to have a kiss, and Finn is like, take a chance on me. And then my brain was like, picture Finn Hudson and the Justin Bieber experience in 70s glitter disco outfits singing ABBA. And then they go in for a kiss, and then Rachel's like, no, I can't. I have to do my career. And then she runs away. Rachel, you need a buddy. You are a minor alone in New York City. Safety in numbers. And Bellinote is fine. It's a song. It's, it's a song. set dressing. Yeah, it's mostly set dressing. So after the commercial break, there's like a weird stalker cam like maneuvering through the ladies' room as they're like in various sorts. Like it looks like they just fell asleep where they stood. Yeah. <laughs> they really just tuckered themselves out with that pillow fight. Lauren got the pull-out bed. Rachel has a bed all to herself. Quinn is sleeping in a chair. <laughs> Honey. Now, now, do we think Rachel demanded a bed all to herself, or do we think no one wanted to sleep with Rachel? Probably the second part. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel's like, oh, don't worry, Quinn, you can sleep with me, it'll be like a sleepover. And Quinn's like, I would rather have back pain on performance day. Yeah. And this is also assuming that probably Santana and Brittany are sharing the other bed in the room. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like at least one person has just got like a comforter stuffed into the bathtub in the bathroom. Probably. I bet that's Tina. (laughs) I feel like that's Tina. So yeah, so there's this weird stalker cam and then, but it's just Kurt and he's like, Rachel, wake up. We're having breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I remember that line from the film. <laughs> and I said, I think the song is kind of hainty. I don't, I could never make out that line <laughs> in the lyrics. Yeah. 
One sec. Title's episode extraneous, unnecessary Googling. <laughs> and I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? And she said, I think I remember the film. And I said, I recall, I think we, we both kind of liked it. And I said, well, that's one thing we've got. Oh, so it's literally, <laughs> this is literally just a song about trying to stay in a relationship. <laughs> Maybe Finn and Rachel should have sung that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we then cut to them standing outside of Tiffany's uh, as they have bagels and drink tap water. <laughs> and they're like, oh, everything just tastes so much better here. I think it's the water. And Rachel is like, Kurt, I'm going to be coming to New York City for college, regardless of anyone's opinions in the rest of the Glee Club. And Kurt's like, well, Blaine and I are coming with you. I've already asked him. and He's, in, he's down to come to New York once he graduates. <laughs> and she's like, but Kurt, what do I do about Finn? He's small town boy. I big town girl. <laughs> and yeah, and Kurt says, oh, just bring him with us in case you need to lift something heavy. I mean, that's relatable. <laughs> you do need to have someone who can help you move, especially in New York City where there are lots of stairs. <laughs> Sorry, just to backtrack for a quick moment. I looked up inspiration and composition for the song Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, it was actually inspired by the film Roman Holiday. Imagine. <laughs> I said, okay. what about Roman Holiday? <laughs> But yeah, so Kurt's like, ah, the age-old dilemma, love or career. Here's what we gotta do. We gotta stare at the billboard for Wicked. Then, then we have to commit a, a break and enter crime. <laughs> oh, Kurt. Oh, Kurt. <laughs> and they're, they're sneaking into the theater, and Rachel is like, I heard if you get arrested in a theater, you're blackballed from the industry for life. <laughs> and they're in awe of the stage. And then a security guard catches them. <laughs> And he's like, excuse me, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, we're extras. And then he reads them for filth. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you're a kid from small town Indiana, and you've got a big Broadway dream about singing a big Broadway song on a big Broadway stage. And Kurt's like, actually, we're from Ohio. And he's like, you got 15 minutes. And like, thank you, Mr. Security Guard. Cheers to you. And then they get onto the fucking stage at the fucking Gershwin. Yep. And they sing for good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's because Rachel Rachel can't envision herself. And I'm just thinking, theater of the mind, Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Broadway is a game of choices, Rachel. Look, imagination has never been Rachel's strongest suit. <laughs> and I want to note here, when they get up onto the stage, the set that they have out is the set from Act 2, Scene 1, or Act 2, Scene 5. Of Wicked, it's the one where Elphaba and Glinda have their big spat after Nessa Rose dies, and they're calling each other names and stuff. And I'm like, why did they leave that as the set? Why did they leave that set on stage? They should have just flown it out at the end of the performance. <laughs> for context here, I worked at a theater where we got the touring production of Wicked for like two weeks, so I'm, I saw every single set. You know things now. I do. I do. It took until about... The, I think it was about the third or fourth performance that I worked where I was like, damn, this per- this show is really just queer baiting, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, theater of the mind. Let's go. So was the song good, though? I think it was fine. I think it was good. It, it definitely, it fits good in the context of the show. It, they've managed to do, sometimes it's hard for Glee to give the same kind of like lead of catharsis that an actual Broadway show can do when they do Broadway songs. But this mm-hmm. one kind of hits the right kind of intersection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know why I want to say that is? Because of Chris Colfer. Yes. Because in For Good, Rachel is singing Elphaba, because LOL casting choice, and Kurt is singing Glinda, and Kurt is in tears. Chris Colfer is in tears. My note here is, Chris Colfer has come so far. 
they cut out part of his verses. Like, I heard the cut in the audio. <laughs> but I think it's there on the full studio version. And my note here is, I think Rachel is in tears too, but I believe it less. <laughs> <laughs> and while they were in the making of, um, Chris Colfer mentioned that, like, when he was on the stage for this musical number, he was just so amazed by everything. And he was looking around the giant stage at, at the Gershwin and the giant empty house. And he said, and I realized... I never knew the seats were blue. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Chris, you sweet, sweet person, you. That's very cute. It's very cute. What did you think of it, Tanner? I, I mean, I, I already said what I thought about it. It was, it was good. Okay, like, I, I, I did that whole thing about why I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't, like, that I wasn't speaking over you. Or, like, no, I, think, I just think you, have more you feels, I think you have more feels about the song than I do. Fair, fair. I'm not, I, I'm not 100% wicked-pilled like a lot of other kids were watching Glee. I was at the time. I am not now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, so Rachel is like, Broadway is my true love. I have to come here. I have to. I don't care what, what about me and Finn together. I have to come to Broadway. Oh, Rachel, honey. Anyways. Honey. More sensible, anyway. sensible women time. Time for some girl talk. Yes. Quinn is telling Brittany and Santana that she's going to snitch on Kurt and Rachel sneaking out and Brittany's like no then Will will have to kick them out of the club and Quinn's like dang I guess we'll be disqualified uh oh and Santana's like okay sit down you're clearly just self-sabotaging yourself because you have issues chock-a-block full of issues yeah I think Santana says like like you just want revenge on Finn and Rachel by proxy because he dumped you and Santana's like you just need to get over it and Quinn yells like I don't want to get over it and he's like, I don't care about some stupid show choir competition. And Santana's like, well, you should, because this is the one chance that we have to actually feel good about ourselves. And then Santana's like, I have an idea of how to make you feel better. And wait, Quinn's- wait, wait. <laughs> oh. There's a part where Quinn is, Quinn is breaking down into tears and she says, aren't we supposed <clears throat> to be the popular girls? So why can't we have our dreams come true? Rachel has love. Tina has love. Even Zeissy's hooks up. I just want somebody to love me. And I'm like, Quinn, honey, no. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not good, but it's good. You know, like it's <laughs> acting yeah. good. Feel bad for yeah. her because acting good. Yeah. There was a reviewer, uh, I think Anthony Benino for the Faster Times called this scene a great wasted job in a great wasted character. Yeah. Oh, that really sums up Quinn in entirety. Yep. <laughs> And Brittany and Santana, and like Brittany's been sitting there, like clearly, like scary Quinn, and they like kind of like lean into her and like support cuddles, I guess. And Santana's like, "I know a way to make you feel better." And Santana's like, "Thanks, Santana, but I'm not into that." <laughs> Remember this, listeners. Uh, but then it's like, "No, we're gonna do a makeover." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just one haircut. Yep. <laughs> You cut one ha- one piece of hair, one singular strand of hair, and you're good. All your problems are solved. <laughs> and then let the plot screech to a halt as Dustin and Will talk. And Dustin is like, I found out you're going to be on Broadway. Good for you. Abandon your children. I hate my kids, but at least my kids look better than yours. Yours look like they didn't finish baking properly. Also, your kids were just like playing around New York. My kids have been practicing since we landed. So you're going to be obliterated. Mm-hmm. And also he tells Will, like, don't tell your kids that you're going to Broadway. Just just send them back to Ohio without you. 
And Will's like, but I'm proud of my kids and they've been the joy of my life. And like, oh, you're tearing up. People are starting to stare. They're going to think I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) Yeah. And see, that joke is funny because in real life, Cheyenne Jackson is gay and Matthew Morrison is an actor on Glee. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so then after this, that's the whole scene. I'm just, I want to speed through any Will bullshit. He gets yes. back to the rooms and he's like, hey kids, what's up? I got 15 million pizzas. <laughs> I bought you 1,000 pizzas. What, why are you crying? Dustin Goolby literally just told us that you were leaving us. And was like, oh, what a dick. I've decided not to, actually. Nationals time! At seeing the consequences of my actions, I've decided not to do this thing. <laughs> Okay, now hang on. Now, Will, Will, William, Willjamin, what was the fucking plan, Will? You were packing up your apartment. Do you, do you still have an apartment in Ohio? Do you have an apartment in New York? Were you going to return to Ohio to finish out the school year? Or were you actually going to send the kids to back to, New- to Ohio without you? Because honestly, I feel like you were going to. What was your plan, William? And also, why do you have to quit? You you already said that the, the show would probably be closing by the end of summer. And if not, if it's still going, you can leave. You, you can leave a Broadway <laughs> show if you have other commitments. Obligations. Exactly. <laughs> it happens quite frequently. You can bounce, and April would be fine with this because she likes you. Mm-hmm. Sexually. You, yes. You can, you could have, you don't even need an apartment. You could bunk with April and you can fuck like rabbits all through the summer. And then you can come <laughs> back to Ohio. Like, you, you truly could have had your cake and eaten it too. What was the plan, William? Please. <laughs> William, why are you like this? Uh, because he's a menace. <laughs> but for some reason, the Glee kids decide that this is worthy of a group hug, and Puck gives him a hug, and everyone else piles on. I'm like, I don't think that was deserved, actually. Yeah. And also, Will tells them, hey, everyone, it's time for us to, to start writing the song, because we're gonna be singing tomorrow. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <sighs> it's not fine. Cut to nationals. Everyone's gleeking out. We start actually with a group called Singers Wit Attitude. Wait, so real quick, I, my note here, it says, let Tanner yell about numbers <laughs> because Rachel says they're one of the top 50 show choirs in the nation. And today is preliminaries. And then tomorrow, uh, the top 10 show choirs get to go on to showcase, which is where they vie for the title of nationals. So Ohio had two show choirs that were good enough to go to nationals. So, yeah, so somehow Ohio is a hotbed of show choir activity. I don't know which state got edged out. Probably, like, Indiana. I don't know what states Ohio was next to. It, like, yes, Ohio was next to Indiana. But but also, okay, so that means that if the, if there are 50 show choirs at nationals, that they, mm-hmm. they each won their own respective regionals so that's 150 show choirs competing in regionals and if they each won in a sectionals that's 450 show choirs across america which seems like a lot but really isn't if you consider like every school could potentially have a show choir including like the schools Mm -hmm. for adults and stuff like that so it's Mm -hmm. the, the, Mm -hmm. the mind boggles at how yes how and why and why and how? And num- and writers cannot do math, okay? And bad. <laughs> and don't like. No, they cannot. And this is also assuming that no one had a buy. This is assuming that there were exactly 450 show choirs. Mm-hmm. Also, also, this is, this is the only season where they actually have, like, a preliminary and a showcase round in Nationals. All the other times you go to Nationals, it is just three. Which, that means 
that it went from the top 50 show choirs to the top three show choirs, okay? Yeah. That doesn't work. No, it does not. That's why in my reboot, it is fu- there's going to be at least five show choirs in each round, and they're not going to be like cordoned off by states so that we can't have situations where two states get the same one. And it's going to be 100 show choirs in the finals. And then paired down to 10. Because I'm going to bring back the showcase, because the showcase is a good idea. Mm-hmm. If I go, was in charge go. of show choir, the show choir tournament arc, it's much stronger when I'm in charge. I agree. Because you actually know some things about how show choirs work, unlike yeah. the creators of the show. And then, see, by, by my calculations, that goes from approximately 450 show choirs in America to approximately 2,500 show choirs in America. And that makes a lot more sense, don't you think? Yes, I agree. Anyway, it's time for Yeah. Yeah! 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 Yeah? Yeah. Now we have to harmonize. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't give me a note to- you didn't give me a note to harmonize with, Tanner. Okay, let's do this. Yeah. 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 We tried. (laughs) Anyway, you know who else is trying? The singers with attitude. Or whoever this unnamed acapella girls choir is. No, they are the singers with attitude. Gotcha. Okay. A bunch of adult women. Yes. In white slips. Yes. Oh, off the shoulder slips. They all look like bridesmaids. Togas. (laughs) They're they're in kaitons or togas. Uh, The soloists were confirmed to be Missy Hale as girl number one and Ravon Brown as girl number two. And I actually do kind of like it. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. It's fine. But we don't get to see much of their performance because we see them start to perform and then Will notices Dustin Goolsby leaving in the middle of their performance, which is a dick move. And then Will's like, I have to follow you outside because I need to yell at somebody and Sue Sylvester isn't in this episode. And uh, Dustin Goolsby, because that is his full name and I still cannot believe that, is buying shirts from the competition because Vocal Adrenaline sends autographed shirts to the losers every year at nationals and will's like well i'm gonna buy a shirt and then we'll be sending it to you yeah i didn't even write that scene down it was so meaningless yeah it's meaningless it's over anyway time for an unearned scene yeah okay well it's on it's earned on one side (laughs) so rachel walks into the bathroom and she hears someone puking and she's like oh santana which is Once again, and for many times going forward as well, Glee should have done some kind of eating disorder episode instead of just jokey jokey haha throw up is funny. Yeah. But no, it's it's not Santana. It's Sunshine. Remember Sunshine? Well, she's back. Because there ain't no Sunshine when she's gone. Because she's Sunshine. And so uh-huh. when she's gone, there's no Sunshine. But when she's here, there is Sunshine. And then Rachel Tanner. accuses her of bulimia, like some kind of gotcha. <sighs> Yeah. And I did want to reach through the screen and smack her. I mean, more so than normal. Yeah, because Rachel says some real heinous stuff. And Sunshine yells at Rachel, what did I ever do to make you hate me so much? She's like, my life sucks. Like, I came to McKinley High School as a freshman, and I thought I was going to have a good time in Glee, because everyone said that was where you go if you want to do performing arts and be accepted for it. And then Rachel sent her to a crack house, and... Then, because Sunshine just really wanted to perform, she transferred to Carmel and Vocal Adrenaline. And now she hates Vocal Adrenaline so much that she is going to go to the embassy and get her visa revoked so that she can go home and get out of Vocal Adrenaline. She is going to flee the country 
to get away from Dustin Goolsby. Yeah. Rachel's like, I just hate you because you're so good. And then Rachel gives words of encouragement question mark. Yeah, she's like, guys like us have to stick together. It really is just like, don't be cry. Yeah. (sighs) Rachel didn't deserve this scene. Sunshine deserved the cathartic, hey, what the fuck, man. (laughs) Rachel did not. Yeah. Okay, are are we ready? For vocal adrenaline? Yeah, let's go. So, Sunshine is singing a song called As Long As You're There. It's a song written by Glee, because Mm -hmm. I guess vocal adrenaline copied them? Yeah, and like, I think one thing that Rachel had said when she was encouraging, or heavy air quotes, encouraging, was like, oh, if you get nervous, just look at, just find me in the audience in the giant house. Like, just look at me, and like, I'll encourage you, and it'll be okay. And she gives Sunshine a thumbs up, so everything's fine. And yeah, it's like... As long as there is good, but it's mostly because Jake Zyrus is singing it. Yeah. The choreography is good. The costumes look like show choir costumes. It's rejected Celine Dion ballad, and... Yeah. That was the wheelhouse of Jake back then. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, it makes sense, but it's very much just, like, song. Here's a song. Yeah. It doesn't have any impact because this isn't a song that's meaningful to the character who we've only seen three times. Yeah... And also, this is the only song we see performed by Vocal Adrenaline. Is it that they only needed one song to perform? Yeah. Or is it that they just didn't show the other one? Yeah, that's the only one. They give Vocal Adrenaline, they say, we're gonna make things harder on you because you do so well. You only get one song. Everyone else gets at least two. Yeah. Yeah. And this is Jake Cyrus's last performance on the show. Before he escapes. Yes, before he escapes. Jake Cyrus said, I am revoking my Glee visa so I can get out of this show. But yeah, so then we cut to the New Directions, they're behind the curtain, and Rachel's like, Finn, your song is amazing! And Finn is like, Rachel, why do you reject me in favor of your career? And Rachel's like, because I'm a career girl now! Yeah, and he he's so confused, and... I don't blame him for being confused because Rachel is a very confusing person. Especially when her priorities change depending on who's writing the episode. This is true. Speaking of who's writing the episode, like, okay, so I know that Brad Falchuk wrote the episode, but we've mentioned a few times before that this episode is being rewritten on the fly. Yeah. So also her characterization changes depending on the scene she's in, honestly. Very, very true. Very, very true. Finn says he loves her, and Rachel says, I love you, but there's nothing that you can say or do that's going to change my mind about prioritizing my career. And he's like, mm, bet. <laughs> <sighs> and then it's time for, for a duet. They sing the song called Pretending, which my brain decided to retitle. Please say psych. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of like this song. It's definitely better than my cup. <laughs> it is better than my cup. Personally, I don't think it's quite as good as Get It Right. But it's like, no. it's, it is a good song. It is quantifiably decent. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the lyrics are fine. I just was less, I was less enthused about it than I was about, I love New York, New York, New York. I love New York, 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 New York. No, I can't do it. I can't do a chocobo noise. What? There you go. No, that's, it. it's what a frog says, nork, nork. Okay. That's what my grandma taught me when I was little, and my parents like, oh my god, no, no, d- stop, please, d- don't, don't do that. Do you have any idea how hard it will be for this child to unlearn that? <laughs> Aww. Uh, anyways, so th- they-, they pretend the song away, and also meanwhile, Jesse 
in, uh, comes back in and just is like, I couldn't stay away from Rachel. And Will's like, yeah, okay, fucking weirdo. Well, well, Jesse comes in and sits down next to Will in the middle of the musical number again. Dick move. Stop this. And Will is like, oh, you, you couldn't stay away from the show or from her. And I'm like, okay, Will, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> and it's fine. And when the rest of the choir joins uh, Finn and Rachel on stage, everyone applauds, which is nice. Um, I agree. Applaud for everyone. And at the end of the musical number, Finn and Rachel kiss. We have an orbital panning shot. Apparently, like, when it was panning around them, like, because they also, like, cut out all the audio. So it's just silent of them kissing. Apparently, there was, like, a pan and, like, you could see that, like, to them, it was like there was no one else in the room or whatever. Yeah. But then they stop kissing and no one is clapping. <laughs> and Jesse is like, was that scripted? And Will's like, uh, nope, it wasn't. Let's applaud. <laughs> also, like, so the Glee Club enter, like, near the end of the song, and then they stand with their backs to the audience, which means they also have their backs to Finn and Rachel. So, like, obviously, it's not like Finn and Rachel are making sloppy makeout noises. It's a pretty chaste kiss, but that means that the Glee Club have no idea what's going on. So they're just standing there waiting for like applause or a cue or anything and i just wonder what the hell is going through their minds <laughs> i mean the kids are probably like not not the kids the justin bieber experience is probably like oh are they kissing <laughs> <laughs> they said they sang a duet together and got busy <laughs> <laughs> and got busy love the incredibles <laughs> and this is the part where i noticed that the girls' outfits are, like, a weighted, waistless swing dress and combat boots. Why? It's a bad choice. Hey, this set list is a, um, what is it? Hang on. The set list or the costume? No, hang on. I'm trying to remember the word. I mean, their costumes are better than the ones for regionals. This set list is an exercise in bad choices. Yep. Especially light up the world. Oh, which is the second song they sing, It's Light Up the World. It's by Glee. Pretending it's also by Glee, because they sang original songs, because that's the theme of the season. Yeah. I would call it kind of lyrically uninspired, but the vocals were good. Yeah, it's sung well. It's written fine. It's danced terribly. Yeah. <laughs> the reason Glee Club came in 18th place is because, spoilers, they come in 18th place. No, they come in 12th place. <laughs> I'm sorry? They come in 12th place. <laughs> oh, I thought they came in 18th. Well, that's, hey, that's better. The reason they come in 12th place is because uh -huh. <laughs> the choreography for Light Up the World is shit. Yeah. It, it truly looks like they figured it out the day before because canonically they did. And I don't know uh -huh. if this was intentional or not. Uh-huh. Was Zach Woodley just having an off day? I don't know if it was necessarily that Zach Woodley was having an off day, but it, it definitely suffered from like, we are here shooting this over the course of four days. We need to get this done. <laughs> so like, I get that. Brittany gets to do some cool moves. They don't make Mercedes whale. Rachel gets to do the belting desk cant instead. Oh yeah, because Brittany does a Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> Tina is featured. This is the first time that she is featured in a competition performance, and it will not be the last! But we are going to have to wait. Yes. Actually, no, we don't have to wait that long, actually. <laughs> Never mind. Scratch that. Isn't it ABC next yeah. season? Yeah. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> also... Same Sadie's hug at the end of the performance. That, yes. but, but also they cut the rap break. There was a rap break? Well, not a rap break, but it's like a breakdown where it's like just a lot of clapping and like funky music. Uh, and then they come back for like a bridge with Rachel and they, they cut straight to like the end of the second chorus to Rachel belting. Okay. But there's like a musical interlude where it's like, hey, you clap, 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 clap. 
Ah. And then and then Rachel and Artie sing it sing this slowly, and then Rachel belts. Gotcha. Okay. Because they they there was an actual rap break in Loser Like Me that they cut as well. Yes, I remember. Hey, you over there, keep that L up in the air. I remember. I still have it memorized. And hang on to that L because you're about to lose. So <laughs> Yeah. So Brittany is at the gift shop. She's gonna buy an extra large shirt for Lord Tubbington. Bless. Bless. Jesse walks up and is like, uh, Rachel, you're hot, but that kiss was unprofessional, and I hate you both now. Goodbye. Yeah, and he's like, Oh hello, Finn. I see that you are still I see that you are still a person. And Finn is like, You don't know anything about our love, Jesse. Our kiss was like the Superman of kisses. It came with its own cape. And like that line is cute. But yeah. Yeah, and then they are putting out the placard with that has the top ten show choirs, and so everyone yeah. squeezes and runs over. This shit is foil embossed. How did they have the time to do that when it is presumably the same day? It was rigged, I tell ya! Oh, actually, I also have... <laughs> so I asked friend of the pod, Riley, some questions about show choir last night. Oh boy. And Riley said that... Well, actually, first I asked, how often do show choirs, like, change performance sets, like the songs that they do and stuff? And they said, basically, it's like a marching band performance. You get your set list in the summer, and you practice until January or February, and then you compete from February to May. So, like, you are doing the same songs for the entire competitive season. And then I asked about judging for, like, choir competitions and stuff. And they said that, here's a thing that I think Glee didn't show. After every show choir performance, everyone gets into a room, and then the judges critique you, like, in person. Huh. Like, you do your performance, you go cool off, and then the judges come in to do the judging part. <laughs> so, so they would have found out if Rachel and Finn's kiss had negatively affected their score, like, within an hour of performance. And uh, also, Riley said, like, a kiss would be assumed to be part of the choreography. Like, maybe it's weird, but some people would dig it. So it's possible that it wouldn't have necessarily looked bad on New Directions. It's like, it, it's not necessarily a negative. Probably would have been weird, but not a negative necessarily. And that's been Show Choir with Riley. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Riley. Thank you for your service. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, so here are the top 10 uh, show choirs in America. Yes. Number 10, Vocal Extreme. Number 9, Teenage Scream. Number 8, Sound Explosion. Number 7, Vocal Chords. I think that was with a Z, but it kept on getting corrected. Okay. Number 6, 12 Steps. (laughs) Number Uh 5, Jefferson City Airplane. That's a good one. Number 4, Sing as Wit Attitude. Number Number 3, The Waffle Toots. Something is supposed to be a reference to the Whipple Poofs. <laughs> I thought it was like a reference to the Toot Suite from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No, the uh, the Whiff and Poofs are Gale's acapella group. Oh. So collegiate level, but still. Okay. Uh, number two, Vocal Adrenaline. Vote number one, the Portland Scale Blazers. New Directions did not even crack the top ten. Suffer. Yes. Everyone looks sad because they didn't even place. And then we have a weird... It's not weird, but it's an out-of-the-blue cut. It's the denouement. Yeah, yeah, it's the denouement. I'm pretty sure this is after commercial break, so, like, in real life, you have time to, like, catch your breath, walk around, you have t- cry you have on time Tumblr. to scream. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe Ryan Murphy made New Directions Lost! He's a hack writer! <laughs> I'm 13 years old, and I don't understand what a narrative arc is yet! 
I mean, Ryan Murphy is, or at least at the time he was, kind of a hack writer. Yes, but still, I think, hey, y'all, if you didn't go into season two expecting the new directions to lose... So, real story here. I forgot that they lost. Between when I first watched this episode as a teen and when I watched this episode yesterday for the recording, I forgot that they lost. (laughs) (laughs) But were you surprised? Eh, no. Because, like, that's the thing is that everyone, almost everyone knew in the fandom that, like, it made more narrative sense because, like, season three had already been talked mm-hmm. it was like, oh, season three is going to be the year where they graduate, da 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 And so everyone's like, it makes more narrative sense if they lose in season two. And so then season three is like, this is our last chance to get the title. And then they're going to win season three. Everyone knew that they would lose in season two and win in season three. At least most people did. And whenever someone said, but what if they do win in season two? Everyone's like, no, that doesn't make narrative sense. Gotcha. And all the naysayers were shouted down because it was 2011 on Tumblr and the it Glee wasn't, I Actually, no, I was about to say it wasn't mean about it, but I'm sure there were mean people about it. But it was like, here, we know facts. We know facts about story. This is the hero's journey. Ah, gotcha. Always save the cat. And the Glee equivalent is always take the designer jacket off the gay kid before you throw him in a dumpster. <laughs> Anyways, after commercial, they flew home between commercials. And so once we have landed, Kurt is giving Blaine a play-by-play at the lima bean. Mm-hmm. The first thing that happened when they got back to their hotel room was Santana tried to murder Rachel. Yes, and it took Quinn, Sam, and Mike to hold her back. Yep. <laughs> and then the airplane ride home was dead silent. Yeah. And Blaine's like, you seem fine. And Kurt's like, well, yeah, because I was just there for New York. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where I feel like... What we didn't see between them getting their results and this and this date with with Kurt and Blaine is every Glee member individually going through the five stages of grief. We see a little bit later that oh, maybe some of them haven't quite reached acceptance yet, but everyone just kind of was dealing with it in their own way. And Blaine's like, but how uh, you're doing okay and Kurt's like well yeah because like I got to see New York and I got to break into a Broadway theater and basically like I see the possibilities for my future that I don't have to stay in Lima unless I want to yeah and Blaine says I love you and Kurt says I love you too yay love the gays keep winning (laughs) that is true that is true and they will continue to win after we have this brief moment of of happiness because then Kurt and Blaine are approached by Sam and Mercedes who are there to get coffee as well and they offer to hang out but Blaine is like oh well I gotta go get sheet music for my audition for the theme park over the summer and uh which is probably King's Island and Kurt's like I'm going to go work on my musical Pip Pip Away which is about Pip and Middleton apparently and then Sam and Mercedes are like okay cool well we'll see you in class and then they go get in line for coffee. And Sam was like, do you think they know? And Mercedes is like, I don't think anybody knows. And they hold hands! Best ship in Glee, besides Bert and Carol, is sailing! Yay, I'm here for it. The second, the second, the spot of best secondary ship in Glee is held by a lot of people, but Sam Sadie's is great. <laughs> I love them so much. Anyway, you ready for the gays to win more? Yes, the gays are going to continue winning. Brittany and Santana are at their lockers. Brittany asks how Santana's holding up, and Santana holds up a voodoo doll and says, does this look (laughs) enough like Rachel Berry to work? (laughs) But yeah, 
But Brittany is super calm, and Tana's like, sorry, I, I have the rage. What were you going to say? And Brittany explains that the year wasn't about winning, it was about acceptance. All the kids in the Glee Club fight and steal partners and threaten to quit like every other week, but stuff like that happens in families too, and family is where everyone supports you and loves you and accepts you no matter what, and they accept you for who you are. Ohana is about nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Brittany here opening up the dictionary, pointing at found family and saying, it us. <laughs> <laughs> if you open the dictionary and you find the listing for found family you see next to it that's a picture of the new directions <laughs> she's gonna be a bridesmaid at Mike and Tina's wedding and she's gonna be just as excited as everyone else to find out if their kids are also Asian <laughs> and <laughs> like you said earlier Santana, Santana is like oh I just love you yeah and also I'm gonna go on record that's the only Asian joke that works for me yeah because Brittany is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> dumb in the best of ways. <laughs> yeah. And she also, she wants to see the operation to get Artie's legs to work, which is like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Artie has two personality traits, so. And he didn't do anything this episode other than sing. <laughs> yeah. And um, more, most importantly, she loves Santana, and that means anything uh -huh. is possible. She loves Santana more than anything else in the world. And Naya, Naya Rivera looks so vulnerable. <laughs> and anything is possible at lesbianic high school. <laughs> And then Santana goes, when did you get so smart? Aww. Don't you remember how Artie called Brittany dumb? Yeah, exactly. Mm, see? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes writing good. Themes. Uh -huh. Symbolism. <laughs> Giving the gays what they want. You know what that is? Growth. Yes, indeed. It is, in fact, a growth. But yeah, meanwhile, Finn is hiding in the library from everyone else because he's pretty sure they hate you. And Rachel's yeah. like, no, they hate us. Yeah, Finn's got his little New York City snow globe that he bought while they were in New York. And he's like, yeah, but everyone hates me. And Rachel is like, well, I think that when you are an artist and you do things in the act of passion as you are creating as an artist, I think that is okay. And they basically ask each other, like, yeah, hey, we gave up our nationals to kiss each other. Was it worth it? Yeah, I think it was worth it. Besides, we've got one more year to go to nationals anyway, right? <laughs> and they kiss. Yeah, they decide to get back together because... We'll figure out the deal with Rachel leaving for Broadway in a year from now. But for now, sloppy makeouts. Mm-hmm. And they walk off to the final Glee Club meeting of the year, and we see Will and Emma, with Will's arm around her shoulders, looking up at a banner that says, Congratulations, New Directions! 12th place at regionals. Good on ya! <laughs> so that means that out of the 50 show choirs in the United States of America that were good enough to go to nationals, New Directions was better than 38 of those other show choirs. For their first time at nationals in over 10 years, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, but it's not going to get them, like, a showing from alumni donations. You can't slap that on a pamphlet and say, our club came in 12th. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because they should be proud of... How well they, 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 sh they should be genuinely proud of how well they did for their first time going to nationals. Like, we did this good on our first time out of the gate. We can do so, we know that we can do as well, if not better next year. Anyway. Yeah, and so then they go into the Glee Club and everyone's like, hey, it's Glee. We got, here's what 12th place trophy looks like. And that's it. That's the wrap on the season. Mm-hmm. We get a wrap on a season over like a, a major key version of like the, 
do, 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 place. Yeah. Now, if I were me, I would have organized things a little bit different. I would have had it be mm-hmm. that the Finn and Rachel scene came after the Blaine and Kurt scene, and then the one that closed off the episode was Brittany and Santana. And then it's Brittany and Santana going into the Glee Club after Will sees like is show, sees the banner, shows the trophy. It should have been Britannia going in there instead of Finchel. I feel like that just mm-hmm. would have made more narrative sense. It would have ended it on like a more emotionally honest moment for me. I mean, obviously, it makes sense that they ended it with Finchel because it's Finchel. But mm-hmm. I care more about other couples. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. All right, so. I have a little bit more trivia, and I have a couple of reviews that I wanted to note from uh, media critics at the time. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to do the reviewer's notes first, because that's how I organize my notes. (laughs) And I mostly just want to quote Emily Vanderwerf, who was writing for the AV Club. She said, On the note of the music in this episode, Glee can overcome weak song choices if the songs are utilized well, but too many of the songs here were set up as, Hey, we're in New York! choices (laughs) and the other line that i wanted to quote from her was for the kids in glee the show always goes on but the hardest thing to realize sometimes no one cares (laughs) (laughs) like and i think that was shown in like how they were dancing around new york singing i love new york new york new york and everyone in new york was (laughs) the citizens were not caring what happened yeah because it's new york Mm -hmm. trivia uh while they were filming like six hours after they landed in New York City, <laughs> mayor at the time and failed political candidate Michael Bloomberg uh, showed up to thank them. And he read a little script that said something along the lines of, but actually it would be really great to see what happens with Finn and Rachel to find out if Will gets back with Emma and how Brittany feels about Santana. <laughs> also, this episode cost $6 million to produce. <laughs> Even more expensive than the Sue Sylvester shuffle. They filmed for five days. And they had some stuff during the filming, where they had some stuff in the making of video, where Corey was, like, filming on his own phone or camera or whatever. And he'd be walking around and just, like, start recording fans who were passing by, and they would see that it was him and they would start crying <laughs> And as he was, like, thanking them for coming to watch them film. <laughs> also, apparently, they filmed and cut some scenes with Carol Hudson. Hudson Hummel. Why did they cut these episodes? Was she with them in New York? Oh, that would have been nice. That would have been cool and good. That would have been great. (laughs) And that's it for trivia. I have some pictures of my trip from New York, and I'll see if I can put them up on the show Twitter. Nice. When we get to that point. Nice. All right. Well, I guess it's time to figure out what was the best and the worst and the worst and the best worst. Uh, Gold Star Song. Gold Star Song. I kind of want to give it to them singing New York, New York on the steps, but I'm instead going to give it to I Love New York, New York, New York. (laughs) Because it's fun! (laughs) What about you, Tanner? I agree. That song slaps. I was it, it shuffled. I didn't even choose to play it. It shuffled onto my set list. Not my set list. My playlist the other day. And I was like, yes, this is a sign. Nice. And I like the part where like they, they say New York so many times. And at the end, Mercedes Belting is like, I love New York, 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 New York. <laughs> yeah, it gets to the point where they just like, it stops sounding like a word anymore. But I don't mind, because it's a fun noise. Yes. (laughs) And what was your gold star moment? (sighs) I gotta remember, you go first. Uh, Mine is the Brittany and Santana discussion. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have to give mine to uh, the Anthony Benino moment 
that we are just going to have to remember for season three and going forward to the scene with the unholy trinity and like actually talking and stuff because great wasted job great wasted character (laughs) and my slushy goes to rachel accusing the sunshine of bulimia yeah (laughs) yeah are you the same i am the same Dishonorable mention goes to Jesse St. James, who just will not give up in his nagging of Finn in pursuit of Rachel. But Rachel thinking that she can make up with Sunshine after indirectly exposing her to so much mental and physical harm. Yeah. It's terrible. It's a, it's a bad, bad look. <laughs> it's bad and I don't like it and it's bad. Mm-hmm. But that's it. That's <laughs> the season two. That's it. We did it. <laughs> so... What's next? Well, let me tell you. At some point in the next month, I'll be releasing our blooper reel for this season. Mm -hmm. But the Mm -hmm. next episode after this is going to be the Q&A episode along some episode, our seasonal highlights, what stood out to us. So we'll be putting up an ask to say, hey, give us questions. Yes, please send in questions, please. (laughs) We will already have recorded that episode by the time we do this, so... Oh, beans. I mean, you can always send us questions, but like... Yeah. I hope you sent us questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I don't know, if we get in, like, really, really late, we maybe we can just append the episode with some latecomers. <laughs> yeah. Record separate audio tracks, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, the, the way our timing usually works out, this episode would be coming out three days after recording the Q&A episode. Mm-hmm, so it wouldn't mm-hmm. be, like, a huge ask. Yeah. After the Q&A episode, we're going to be watching the Glee 3D concert movie. Yes. That'll be an experience. I saw that in theaters, you know. I didn't see it in theaters, but I did see the Glee live tour. Oh, I never got to see a live tour. We will have to uh, also, we'll have to figure out A, how to watch it, and B, if there's a version that's in 2D and not 3D, because uh, I don't have my Mystery Science Theater 3000 3D glasses yet. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it was released in 2D as well. Like, it was, it was the Avatar 3D, where it's like, here's both. <laughs> gotcha, okay. And then after the movie... We're going to be doing another crossover episode like we did with Power Rangers last year. Loser Like Morphin. Loser, Loser Like Morphin. Morphin. We're going to do Loser Like Something Else. We'll, we'll keep that one a secret for now. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to start up the Glee Project. Yes. <laughs> Which is, yes. okay, so Christina, do you think the Glee Project is like, is it part of season two or part of season three or is like it is its own season? <laughs> I think it's its own season in the sense that it's like a, like a, it's like the Glee 2.5 final remix. Oh. <laughs> Didn't you message me that you were like up late designing Glee Keyblades? Uh, yes, I did. Glee Blades, if you will. Yes. I think that's even the exact wording that I used because I am nothing <laughs> if not predictable when it comes to a bit. What if we named every episode on the Glee Project in Kingdom Hearts style? It's like the Glee Project 2.1, the Glee Project 2.2. I think we gotta start planning that now. <laughs> It'd have to be 1.1, because it's the first season of the Glee Project. Yes. We will We will figure them out in the moment. Yeah, we'll figure that out when we get there. We got time. We'll get there when we get there. For the folks at home, I'd like you to know that we have our episodes scheduled out to June of 2026. And listeners, I want you to know that that is entirely because of Tanner's power as a scheduler. This is not a power. This is a curse. This is ADHD hyperfocus. <laughs> this is me messaging our friends saying... Hey, do you want to talk about Glee in April of 2023? It'll be great. This is not a threat. (laughs) So anyways. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. 
We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we will work on getting there. We can be found at LoserLikeMePod on Twitter and at LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. And next time, it's just a, a cool, fun hang with questions and highlights. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Actual questions this time. The superlatives that we did last season was fun, but like, I, there's a little bit more wiggle room with the questions. You can still ask in the form yeah. of a superlative, like character most likely yeah. to blank, but you know, just ask us weird mm-hmm. questions. Channel myself when I ask questions on kids and their dog. (laughs) Ask us what X character would do for Klondike Bar. There we go. There we go. But until then, three, two, one. And that's that's what what you missed missed on season season two two of Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christina are going to figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and the sheaves, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. I can't wait for next time, which is where whoever writes the Glee recaps on TV Tropes wrote as... We'll see what it looks like when the creator of the show has a vendetta against a main cast member for daring to do her job better than he thought she could. Wonder who that's about.